Valued members and fans of CKCC Radio, I am Chris O'Mealy, and this is Chris Ranks the Universe. Now we are up to part four of my ranking of the Disney-numbered animated classics from Disney Animation Studios. We're about to pass the halfway point, and it's all positive from here on out. Uh, there's little nitpicks here and there, but this is actually going to be a super positive podcast and i know you guys are not used to that because if you listen to my other shows especially club cafe wrestle talk you know i bury a lot of stuff bury this triple h style but we're gonna get much more positive on this one but please continue to support us and thank you for all of that support and i'd like to once again welcome my two co-hosts who have been on me from this journey from number 58 as we head from 30 to 21 you know him from Ranking Tracks and Real Paranormal Talk, as well as the Cinefan Podcast, and occasional co-host of Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk. He is valued patron at patron.com slash club kayfabe and published author Jeff Trelowitz. Hey, everybody. Glad to be back here. And Jeff is feeling good today. <laughs> Much better than I was earlier in the week. Yes. Good, good news. Also joining me today, he is the author of Marked Reviews! Yo, do you guys know what Marked that is? It's this little thing on WordPress where Mark Reviews! He literally does. The long, and sh the long and short blog, he is Disaster's Favorite Son, oh. Harry Potter, and the Forbidden Journey opening team member, Root. and has also traveled to Pandora. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he is Mark Adams. Mark, thank you again for joining us. Thank you guys for joining me. I'll try. Uh, last week, I ended up getting wrapped up listening to you two talk so much. I feel like I faded out last week. I'll try to step it up this week. Well, you're the rookie, so, you know. <laughs> and thank you. I, perhaps... I would be ready if, if Lilo and Stitch uh, pops its head up. Oh, that's an interesting thing. Are Lilo and Stitch on this part of the list? I guess you guys are going to have to... I mean, we don't out. we don't even know as co-hosts when when Chris announces that we're just as surprised as you guys are. Oh, that's part sure. of the that's part of the fun of doing the ranking, though, is you guys don't know what my ranking is. Nobody nope. does, which is why nope. it's it's fun to reveal it on the spot and then have you guys go, oh, okay, Lilo and St well, coming in at number thirty is Lilo and Stitch. No, I'm kidding. It's actually not Lilo <laughs> and Stitch. I'd have uh, laughed if it was. Yeah. Yes. But uh, yeah, so we're going to hit, well, 29 we determined is the official halfway point, but really all these movies can be co sort of considered top tier because I'm, we're really in that category of films that I like. There are two movies left on the entire list that I hadn't seen before doing this project. Both of them will pop up today. So if you already knew what they were, you might know, but you might be surprised at where they are. And then everything else from here on out is something that I've already seen multiple times and has stuck with me, which is why it's top tier stuff. But I want to kick things off with a bang in the number 30 spot. Ladies and gentlemen, it's number one, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves from 1937, the first feature length animated motion picture of all time and a damn good one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can't yep. think of a I honestly I can't think of a better story to kick off what's essentially the Disney cinematic universe than doing uh Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. It was an an easy story to tell through animation. Yep. 
It has relatable characters. It has gorgeous animation, especially for the 1930s. Yep. And it's uh, got some really memorable songs. Can't think of a can't think of a better film to to talk about right now than Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. If I had any kind of negativity about this film, everything that I would say that would be negative would wind up inevitably being a product of the time, be it pacing or audio or whatever. But again, it's 1937. You're not going to get so much better than that. But yeah, we, oh, go ahead. No, no, uh, please. I was going to say, I think they also started kind of a, on a more adult note. Like when the one huntsman is like coming to stab her like oh it's like the shadow is looming over her and she looks back in terror he's got the knife up and then he's just like i can't do it they they i think disney at first didn't go disney until a little bit later that they were like "Ooh, we need to reel this in a little bit so i don't think disney started off disney yet yeah i mean (laughs) this is a pretty dark film even for its time period it's but the animation is so beautiful. 1937. Now, all three of us know what, what our Saturday morning cartoons looked like in the 80s. And don't get me wrong. I love <laughs> me some Ninja Turtles and some He-Man and some Transformers. They don't even look half as good as Snow White does. Oh, Set- no. Yeah, no. And, I lo- and that's not a negative thing to say about it. But, like, the animation is just so Perfect. And yes, I know they've cleaned it up over the years and it's gotten the Lucas touch where we have to. Fortunately, nobody shot first in this. Oh. <laughs> I mean, wow. that is. You're going to insult those fans now. <laughs> I. It's one of my. Remember least... to send the hate mail to Chris. <laughs> no, you know why? Send me that hate mail because I hate that change so much. I love the ambiguous thing that they had to make it so Greedo shot first. I hate that. Hate that. Yeah. But let's also remember all the other changes that it, that Spielberg and Lucas have done to all their films. I'm looking at you, E.T. Um, I was actually about to say, I'm one of the few people who loves the anniversary edition of E.T. I own both copies. And I, love I actually, I, this is going to be very controversial, but I actually prefer the anniversary edition because I think the cleanups worked. And I, I have no arguments. So, yeah, uh Oh, clearly, I, I stand alone. Then <laughs> I stand alone. I, I'm pretty sure Chris and I will get nailed by those uh, purists of the original ET. So. It's it's uh, it's a it's a compelling just... argument we can have, and when I start doing roundtable episodes, maybe that can be something that we can we can do as a roundtable. We can talk about uh, creative changes to movies and the good and the bad now, with that. I will say I I roll the shit out of. Um, then replacing the shotguns with radios. That see, that's what I'm talking about. That's a that, bad change. Yeah, yeah. But that's Spielberg, what I'm referring to. But the thing is, Spielberg himself even said in interviews that he hated that change as well. After he did it, he listened to the mom groups, and he wishes he might have rethought that and didn't cave and left them in there. So he did apologize for that. Unlike some filmmakers who made changes. We're, we're not going to, gonna, yeah, who, uh, and then make more changes when more <laughs> shit comes out. No! But. <laughs> well, to quote Harrison Ford on Who Shot First, who gives a shit? 
I do. Damn it. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Does. I'll disagree I'm not gonna, with Harrison on that. I'm not gonna disagree with him for many reasons. Yeah. <laughs> Going hey. back to Snow White. Snow White. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Is that, are we still on Impact? Uh, <laughs> so to all those horror movie fans out there who have seen um, Suspiria, they that was one fun fact when I was the original. They said one thing that inspired them with their coloring in the film was Snow White's Technicolor. So, yeah, because it's a very inspirational film because, again, there was nothing like this at its time. And you can still find parallels in Snow White in storytelling today. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a classic timeless fairy tale. You can tell it time and time again. And it's as long as you do it the right way. I mean, I love the dwarves. They're some of my favorite characters. Uh, Grumpy is basically my father, so I re- relate to him. Uh, Doc is supposed to be the most intelligent one in the leader, but have you noticed he's super dyslexic? Yeah. Like, every time he talks, he stumbles over his words and says stuff backwards. But even though I, I was kind of laughing at that, then I realized, like, yeah, but people with dyslexia tend to have higher IQs, and that's what, like it's one of those basic things that they they don't grasp. Like Colt Cabana, for example actually has some form of dyslexia, but he's, like, super smart and really funny, so... Yeah, Um, yet another wrestling reference on this Disney podcast, but... Did anybody else, when they went on the Snow White ride R.I.P. at Magic Kingdom, um, was anybody else scared as a child of that ride? Like, when the witch was pushing over the log? Oh, yeah. Just me. Oh, no. I sadly don't have any memories of that ride as a kid, and I hate that. Oh. I mean, I've gone on it tons of times, So, yeah. but I would assume that I was probably not... I don't know if I was scared, but I probably wasn't happy. I could tell oh. you that. <laughs> I, I definitely wasn't happy. Who's another fun dwarf? So I would just like to say that I feel like um, most of the dwarves have characteristics that wouldn't actually bother me but i feel like sneezy has to be a personal hell like the fact that he always has to sneeze because i know what my allergies flare up every freaking spring and the pollen count in pennsylvania has been astronomically high ever since the friggin it's like it's like it took advantage of the fact that we have this virus and just decided to spread so i feel like sneezy i feel bad for sleepy i'm envious of because i wish i was just i mean i feel sleepy all the time but he can just go to sleep Yep. I want that. I want that power. <laughs> uh, I'm also. I also think that this is one of the better overall Disney soundtracks. Someday my prince will come. Timeless classic. Yeah. Uh, Whistle while you work to hi ho. It's off to work we go. The, yep. the the mining songs, even the silly song, which they used to play all the time on Disney Channel, and I used to love watching that. Like it's another great timeless soundtrack. Uh, two complaints. One, why did we have to do Prince Charming twice? We couldn't, we couldn't try to get creative and give one of them a name. (laughs) Uh, and really, really, you just going to kiss a corpse in the middle of the woods? You freaking creep. What's the problem? Never mind. Oh, okay. (laughs) Send all those emails. Yeah, no, that's always been a little like, uh, but... I will say one thing that is negative and probably sounds like a dick thing to say, but it's something I've never gotten over. I really don't like Snow White's voice. I really just don't like her voice. 
I think that was a product of the time. It was, and I'll definitely agree with that. But, like, Betty Boop had the high-pitched voice, and she wasn't annoying. <laughs> so that's, that's debatable. Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> to me, she wasn't as annoying, but... I mean, I like when Snow White sings, and I like when she talks to the animals, but there are times when it's just, it gets a little too grating for me. It's not a big thing. I'm not going to, like, hate on the whole thing. And I do like Snow White as a princess. I mean, she's a little gullible and a little too innocent for her own good, but she's very helpful, and she thinks that these are orphan kids, so she's just trying to help them. Instead, <laughs> instead she just bunks up with seven little guys. I love that line in Shrek. <laughs> Though she lives with seven men, she's not easy, everyone. Snow White, everybody. Oh, Shrek. Oh, Shrek. <laughs> Once uh, again, I, I have upset the Disney people by bringing up Shrek. You brought up the animation. works. The works. <laughs> How dare you? Also, did anybody else feel bad for that poor little turtle? Every time there's there's some kind of commotion, the little turtle like he can't move. He's because he's slow and he's oh, a turtle. I forgot the turtle. He's, he's a slow little turtle, and he like that they're trampling him. and He's just spinning out in the shell. Yeah, oh, I honestly don't remember that part, but it's been I couldn't tell you the last time I watched Snow White. Yeah, it's good though. It's it's a classic, absolute classic. Yeah. All right, we're gonna do number twenty nine now. One of the two movies I hadn't seen before this, and I know people are surprised I'd never seen this before, because everybody knows I love cats. So oh, how ha- how have I not seen the Aristocats before this? I just never had. And, of course, up until recently, with Disney Plus and everything, there was never really a way to watch it. Because, you know, it's in the archives. And don't get me started <laughs> on the freaking archives. Oh, it's out of the vault. Yeah, well... I always hated that. But speaking of Aristocats, I got a, I got one right here that might scream a couple times and be on this podcast. But yeah, I finally found somebody who had a copy of the DVD, let me borrow it, and I liked it. I thought this was fun. And, and only because I hadn't seen it prior is why it's not any higher on the list. But I liked it. I thought it was really good. And ugh, the butler trying to <laughs> drown kittens. Oh, I know it's it's basically the butler did it and everything, and that's a stereotype, but... Hmm. Yeah, you can't just drown kittens. But Now, anybody else have an opinion about this being too much of an eccentric old lady leaving her stuff to her cats? And not to be that guy, but cats don't live that long, so... Wow. Was this really necessary? Like, does this guy really have to do this? Uh, the dark cloud of Chris is coming right now. Unfortunately, that's <laughs> reality, and I don't like to think about that. But, but yeah, no, this was this was uh, this was pretty fun. I love that it, the butler's name is Edgar Balthazar, which is like <laughs> that's like that horrible sleaze name. I I will give you props for having this movie as high as you have it. It would definitely have been not as high on my list. Um, it is a fun movie. I do. Love the, what is it, everybody. Everybody everybody wants to be a cat. I do, I will admit that is a very catchy song that every once in a while I'll find myself singing to a cat, but um, (laughs) I I think it's a little too high, but I I dig you for appreciating it so much. 
I appreciate it more than I realized I was going to. And, you know, it's it's 1970. We're getting onto that. You know, we're starting to turn the decade here. And, but I think they, they did a good job. I mean, I like I like the characters, although I always wondered why Marie got all the attention in the parks. Right. Like, when, whenever Preach. there's... She, a, she's the only one that does. That's when, true. But there's other cats. <laughs> Yeah, but you have this cute white fluffy kitty. What she's with a, a bow, bow in her hair. Yeah, yeah, that's that's gonna sell plushes right there. <sighs> but don't get me started on uh, plushes and characters that I see all over the parks that I don't understand why they're all over the parks. Oh yeah, well we maybe we're gonna talk about Stitch. We don't know yet. <laughs> I was gonna say I, we've already discussed that. I didn't. Uh, it's gonna see be a Stitch. big. Chris brought up the name. I didn't say it. When we when we do get to Lilo and Stitch, I'm just going to say it, and I'm going to sit back and just let it happen because <laughs> it's. I feel like it's going to be a brawl. I feel like I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to bring out the ring bell for you two when that happens. I, I will be very respectful whenever we get that number. Now, if it's in your top five, I think my uh, temperature will go up a little bit more, and Ooh. you'll get the uh, you'll get the head shake from me. Well, all right. It'll be- I think you. I think you have to redo the list now just to put it in the top five. <laughs> all right. So too. when we when we get to number three, we can discuss Stitch. Anyway, well, <laughs> nah. Maybe you don't know. All right. So let's talk about. I don't really have anything negative to say about this movie. The only thing negative, honestly, is that since I've only seen it this one time, it hasn't stuck with me as well as I thought it would, which is why I can't justify ranking it any higher. But uh, as far as the positives go, um, I like Thomas O'Malley, the smooth-talking alley cat. Uh, That's such a good name. Thomas O'Malley, yeah. He, uh, it, it, it sort of reminds me of how, how Tramp wins over Lady. You know, he's the, mm. he's the, he's the stray, she's the uppity, she's the, the high end, and he kind of just, he wins her over by just kind of being himself. I like the swinging cats. You know what? Now that we're talking about it and you brought up Lady and the Tramp, I'll I'll say I definitely I think I'd like this one definitely more than Lady and the Tramp. Okay. Well Yeah. Hold on to that thought. They yeah. they, they might be on this part of the list. Uh-huh. Uh I always thought the geese were really kind of random. They didn't add a lot to the story, but I I thought drunk Uncle Waldo was friggin' hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> I I think this film also is Disney taking a little more chances too yeah um i like that the mouse is actually an ally because when i feel like a cat that's rich and well fed has no need to hunt the mouse so and i also like the ending is we're gonna take all the alley cats to paris and let them basically live the high life Uh, I'm not a fan of the human designs. Uh-uh. I don't know if that's intentional or not, but since the humans aren't the biggest part of the story, it's can be forgivable. Otherwise, yeah, Aristocats liked it. Surprised me. And I'm surprised I hadn't uh, seen it before this, but I'm, I'm very glad that I had seen it. Yay. All right, guys, let me ask you guys a question for number 28. Are you a fan of Phil Collins? Because I sure as hell hope you are, because he is the soundtrack of Tarzan, which is what yes, we're going to talk about next. It's not a bad thing. 
I like the songs, but because it's only the one guy singing it, they kind of start to blend together. So as good of a soundtrack as Tarzan is, it has an issue being memorable because it's too Phil Collinsy. Does that make sense? Is that a thing? Can you have too much Phil Collins? Hell yeah, you can have too much Phil Collins. Yes, but, yes, you can. By the way, be, because he won the Oscar and South Park Bigger Longer Uncut didn't, that's why they put Phil Collins in like one of their new episodes that season and just ripped on him <laughs> on South Park because they were yep. pissed <sighs> that Blame Canada lost. Chris, do you agree with that win, or do you think Blame Canada is a better movie song? And I Blame say Canada that, is movie song. Blame Canada is fucking brilliant. It's. But it's Robin Williams saying that at the Oscars. I'll give that a shout out. Hell yeah. Because they were afraid Matt Stone and Trey Parker would do something outrageous. Because Robin Williams never would. Oh, yeah. Have you ever gone? Have you ever gone playing drunken with a Scotsman before? <laughs> uh, my favorite Robin Williams stand-up ever is when he does his rant about Scotsmen in golf. It's my yeah. idea for a fucking sport. Shit a ball into a into a hole. Oh, like pool? <laughs> Fuck off, pool! Not with a straight stick, with a little fucked up stick. That is one of my favorite stand-up routines ever. I still, I will, I physically cried the first time I saw that because it's Robin Williams and he's screaming at points. Uh, R.I.P. to the great Robin Williams. But Phil Collins is still around. And whether he's living in a land of confusion or feel it, <laughs> feeling it coming in the air tonight, he certainly... You see what I did there? He certainly put his stamp on Tarzan. Now, I'll say this about Tarzan. The reason it's as low on the list as I put it, it has nothing to do with it necessarily being a bad film. But, again, you have to compare it to those 90s movies. That it yeah. came out alongside. And I don't think it did as strongly. Also because it's not like Tarzan was ever a new story. Right. We've all seen Tarzan done time and time again. I mean, look at the great movie ride. We're not talking about 1999 Tarzan. Nope. Oh, R.A.P. great movie ride. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually like the Mickey and Minnie Runaway Railroad. So, uh, great movie ride. You were a great... But I, uh, you were replaced by something that is also very fun. Okay, all right. Well, I'm gonna. I'll let you guys. I haven't been on it yet, so I'll let you guys have that. Uh, clearly, I haven't either. So yeah, but I'll say this. Uh, the first thing I want to point out about Tarzan is that opening scene is really dark. Yeah. And I remember uh, when we watched this movie, my sister sent me a message because I, I think her daughter really wanted to watch it. And we kind of warned her. We're like, just be prepared. She's going to have questions right off the bat. Yep. But I also like the tie in there. The the apes lost their child. Tarzan lost his parents. And they found each other. And I think that's a sweet story. I think the characters are fun. Uh, I, I, like the, I like the ape characters. Yes, even her. <laughs> <laughs> Who's he talking to? <laughs> her. Yeah, who's he talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Ruthie O'Donnell. <laughs> um, I, I think I like the humans, although, of course, it, there's always that big question about teaching Tarzan how to speak, and he's American, and they're British, but it's Disney. <laughs> Shit's magic. Get over it. I also will say that I like Clayton 
because he's another one of those villains who has no supernatural ability. He's just too real. You know, he wants, he's a hunter, and he's going to shoot this guy whether you, you want him to or not. And his death scene is dark. Mm-hmm. He, Tarzan pleading with him to stop cutting, and he does it. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, um, it's not a bad movie. I really don't have a lot to say about this movie, honestly. I enjoyed yeah. it, and, uh... I just realized that I completely lied to you guys. I hadn't seen Tarzan before this project, and I should have counted that. That was there was actually three movies. I just realized that was my first viewing of Tarzan. Okay, I mean, I'm lied done. To us. Yeah, I'm done. No, POS. <laughs> I know. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, You're full of shit, right. man. I know. I know. This podcast is fake. You've been living a lie. Yeah. Fake. Um, fake, just like boxing. Oh, whoa. <laughs> um, I will. I will say it is a very enjoyable movie. I don't think I have any problems where you placed it, which actually kind of surprises me. And if you're ever looking for a fun live action Tarzan, I really enjoy the Legend of Tarzan uh, with Alexander Skarsgård. Came hmm. out like three, four, some like years ago. Yeah, yeah it's um, not that. It's pretty new. I. It's and it's from the David Yates, the guy who did like the later Harry Potter movies. It's a lot of fun if you're looking for it. Sam Jackson's in it. I almost forgot him. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I think that's just the thing. I remember, I remember seeing that, and I was just like, oh, another Tarzan movie. Like, I always feel like it's too much of a rehash story. But I like the but Dis- I like what it, Disney did with it. It takes place after, like, he's not discovered. It's kind of like and- a sequel to Tarzan. Yeah, it's not an origin story. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, we've got too many of those anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? And I'll say, I will say uh, Tarzan has good chemistry with Jane. I, and like I said, I like the music. I love the individual songs. I just – it's just – it's too much Phil Collins. And I feel like maybe they could have benefited from one or two more artists contributing if yeah. I remember correctly, though, isn't doesn't NSYNC also sing with him at one point? Yes, yes. they do the gorilla song. Yeah, yes, but that's not enough diversity because Phil's still True. in there. <laughs> True, yeah. but um, at least there's a different voice. Sure, yeah, I'll, I'll give that. Yeah, who would have thought you'd be that excited to hear Justin? <laughs> and yet um, here we are. <laughs> could be worse. It could be Justin Bieber. Uh, going back to a positive note, I do like Minnie Driver as Jane. I thought she was funny. That one scene where she's like, get off, get off. And then she like kicks him in the face. Yeah. I always just remember that scene. Yeah. Like I said, it's a, it's a fun movie. It's a, I just think it, it was, it's an unfortunate timing thing. It would have benefited from being an early nineties movie as opposed to a late nineties movie with the other classics that came before it, but still fun. And I, I, I am glad that I've watched it. Now, I do have uh, one question about uh, Jungle Stories. Is George of the Jungle just fun? Like, George of the Jungle's fun. Yeah, because, <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, there's no real difference between George of the Jungle <laughs> and, and Tar- Tarzan. Except that except- he's just, it's more slapsticky. Yeah. Yep. And one more thing. 
that uh, that music video for Land of Confusion, did they not nail that Phil Collins puppet or what? Oh, it's dead on. <laughs> it's so dead on. All right. We have now concluded the Phil Collins appreciation portion of this podcast. Let's move on to another <laughs> movie. Well, as Mark mentioned, he liked the Aristocats a little bit better than Lady and the Tramp. Oh, boy. However, I'm going to have to still put Lady and the Tramp a little over the Aristocats just because seen it, owned it, saw it as a child, etc. That's the only real reason here. Um, plus, this movie is going to take you for a ride on the field train. <laughs> it I'm really... Sorry. It really does, though, right? I mean, right off the bat, Lady's given as a Christmas gift, and when the baby shows up, she's worried she's going to be forgotten, which can hit a home with a lot of pet owners, because that's a thing that can happen. And I think a lot of pet owners would relate to that, like, God, you can't forget about the pets just because the baby showed up. The pets are still part of the family. So, right off the bat, there's a field train right there. But what I really like about this movie is I like how they connect the lavishness with the street smart, and they do it in a very natural way. They meet up. It's not a forced romance. They communicate, etc. They kind of go on dates. So, can you really fault them for working in the uh, the romance storyline with... Uh, and, and doing it through the eyes of two dogs. I mean, yeah, we've done the 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 rich and the poor meet each other and fall in love storyline. But they kind of do this in a... They, they take a, an angle we've known and they twist it. And I, I like that element. I can see that. Again, you look at what's around it and you don't see a whole lot of love stories that are not people-related so right. it, it it is a new take. It is. And, you know, yeah, Tramp is kind of doing his stuff, and it does. it's up until Lady gets to the pound that she actually learns what Tramp actually is, even though it's right there in the name. <laughs> He's a Tramp. <laughs> um, but, of course, I, I feel like Tramp was easy about lying because he does have connections with the best Italian restaurant in town. <laughs> so... <laughs> That scene makes me hungry every time. Oh, yeah. And I'm Italian, so... Yeah. Oh, boy. The, the, the Italian half of me, when that scene comes on, is just like, hell yeah. Bring out the pasta. Hey, it's then Butch! Just, then you want to sing some Dean Martin as you're slurping it this down. This is the night. Yeah, Tony, Tony and Joe, they Little serenade Bell, them. Bella Notte, you know. And of all the scenes in Disney classics, if you were going to do, like, a top ten most classic Disney scenes, you'd have to include the dinner. Yeah. Oh, with the, the spaghetti and the, the yeah. kiss. If that's not even top three, you're wrong. It's it's up there, yeah. <laughs> now, Aunt Sarah's a nightmare. and <laughs> Oh, God, that's one word for her. And let's talk about Cy and Am here for a minute. Again, characters that you can't get away with in this day and age. Nope. <laughs> we are Siamese, if you please. Such a beautiful voice. Oh, yeah. I know. I, I probably We probably just lost subscribers because of that. <laughs> and I wouldn't blame you guys. 
Uh, I will say that um, the scene where Tramp destroys the baby's room is actually pretty freaking terrifying. But it doesn't really make a lot of sense how Lady convinces the owners to chase down the dog catcher. Like, I never really understood that connection there. And I'm not sure. I, but again, I think that's just one of those, oh, well, we're writing and it's 1955 and it's a Disney movie. So maybe I'm overthinking that a little bit. But I look at it this way. Not everything in a Disney movie has to make sense. Yes, I mean, the dogs are talking. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And I and I do understand that. And it's it's just one of those things. I'm looking at it as a film analyst. So you have to forgive me for stuff like that. Donald has no pants on. So. Yeah, that's true. Also, it's funny how the Siamese cats were always considered so iconic and everything. But you notice they're only in that one scene. Yeah. Yep. Once once they're gone, they don't come back. Like it's not like and the film really doesn't have a villain. You know, it's got the rat and the dog catcher, but they're not really like villain villains. It's just that that's something a rat would do if it was in any kind of a debilitated state, and the dog catcher is literally doing its job. So you know, from the now point the, of view of the dogs, they're villains. Now the question is, did you see the live action version? No, I have not, but I've heard it's really fun. I I actually really dug it a lot. Um it fixed a couple of things and overall I really liked it a lot. Well don't be afraid to spoil stuff for me. I mean I am gonna watch it, but if you can connect some stuff here, by all means. Uh, I didn't even know it was out yet. I guess, oh, it must have been part of the launch. It, yeah, it was, it, was the, it was like one of the big things they hyped for the launch of Disney Plus was, hey, right off the bat, here's a live-action Lady of the Tramp for you to enjoy. I mean, I'm, and I'm looking at the cast. It's pretty cool. So. Chris, uh, one of our former Lonnies from Disaster actually has a cameo in it. Oh, yeah? Which one? Um, Jennifer, JCP. Um, she, she has a – it's not a blink and you'll miss it. She – You'll actually see her, recognize her, and it. I sent her a message right after I watched it, just to congratulate her. That's actually pretty cool. You'll have to tell me. You have to tell me where she is, though, so I can look for her. It is around the most memorable scene from the movie. Okay. She's one of the restaurant patrons um, while they're having their cute little dinner. Gotcha. Okay. I'll look for. You know what my favorite disaster Lonnie cameo is? And John Connon, I hope you're listening to this. <laughs> it Chapter 2. Yes. <laughs> That's the best Lonnie cameo that I have seen. And if you, if anyone listening is in the filmmaking world and wants some talented actors, John and Jennifer, who we mentioned, are some of the most kindest and generous, and they will fit whatever role you need them to be. Always love doing John's shows. Yep. Oh, God. He always got us into the show with him. It was great. Oh, yeah. And uh, shout out to another shout out to our uh, our Lonnie Christian. Please get better soon. Yes. Oh. Yep. Christian, our hearts are with you. And uh, and JW, thank you for the offer for Animal Crossing New Horizons. But you and your damn time traveling need to stop. I'm not time traveling just to catch a goddamn shark. <laughs> I'm playing the game legitimate, damn it. Uh, J-Dub's my man, though. J-Dub's the man. All right, so yeah, I don't have much more to say about Lady and the Tramp. Again, it's just one of those movies that, like, 
it's it's stuck with me for longer than some of the other classics from that time period, which is why I rank it as high as I do. All right. Now, hold on. I'm, I'm looking at the list right now, and I want to make sure I'm not going to lie to you guys twice in one podcast. Oh you better okay, not. yes. This yeah. is, this is, truthfully, this is the last film. And number 26, it will be the final film I had not seen before doing this project, falls in the number 26 spot. But of all the films I hadn't seen going into this, this was easily the best one. I loved it. The Great Mouse Detective. Oh, thank you. So underrated. So underrated. So underrated and underappreciated. And the fact that, like, you never hear anything about it. And I'm like, but why is that? Why is this movie getting any love? And then I watch it, I'm like, this is amazing. Arguably one of the best villains in a Disney animated movie. Oh, Professor Radigan. Vincent Price. Yep. (laughs) He's so good. When they say his name, the statue smiles. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's so awesome you know he's oh in... radigan oh radigan oh and his song is fantastic all the listeners with all our singing this episode yeah can you guys just like stick with us thanks cool anyway appreciate it so basically if you've never seen this it's sherlock holmes but with mice yes and it's basil of baker street and everybody knows what baker street is mm-hmm. he's the enigmatic detective and he's with his uh, brand new friend, Dr. David Q. Dawson. Oh. <clears throat> and they're on a mission. Poor Olivia's father got kidnapped. And they're gonna... I love that he can't say her last name. Oh, yeah, uh, that's... Flab, Flabhagen, Flabman. Flab, Flabhagen, yeah. <laughs> totally. I, I mean, people... Well, Jeff and I can relate to having last names that people can't pronounce. I don't think you can, Adams. <laughs> yeah, I, okay. I, I have a very basic name. <laughs> you I've heard so many different pronunciations of my name, I started to doubt how it's actually pronounced. <laughs> I mean, like, what's funny about my last name is it's spelled exactly the way it's pronounced. O'Mealy. But I've... O'Malley has always been the common one, and I understand that one. But the one I'd get like O'Malley, and I'm like, where do you get Miley out of that? O'Malley? I've heard my last name spelled with a K in it. Trellowitz. Tre- Not even there. Trelukowitz. Trelukowitz. Oh. That's just adding stuff. Yeah, I'm like, where do you yeah. even get that? Well, well, Jeff, you know my buddy Mike Simsack, and of course. And, well, Mark, you've actually you wouldn't have met him, but he was at my wedding. But, uh, but yeah, because he's got the super Polish last name, and I'm just like, Simsack. And they're like, how the hell do you spell that? S-Z-Y-M-C-Z-A-K. They're like, holy shit, that's Polish. <laughs> yes, it does it not get more Polish than that. It really doesn't, unless you're adding a couple of skis to the end of it. Simsackski yes. or something, like, good God. <laughs> but, yeah, um, this movie is, you know, it's a very large-scale movie with small-scale characters. Yes. And I love that. I think um, all of the – every deduction that Basil comes up with is brilliant. Uh, the pacing is really fast. Even for a 1980s movie, this is – it's paced like a 2000s movie. It moves yeah. very quickly. It moves the story along, and it's fun. And even though the animation isn't going to take your breath away with the London setting – 
it's just as good as watching like Peter Pan. You know what I mean? Like the animation is still really good. I mean, the clock scene's incredible. All yeah, the gears yeah. and everything. And they, they do incorporate some early computer animation in there, which I enjoy. <clears throat> and, and as far as, I don't want to say that this is the one reason why it's not as big as it should be, is the box office. I'm looking at stats right now. This movie only made $37 million. Yeah. So, well, I think that's yeah. that's the big problem for the movies of those era is... Fox and the Hound kind of got swept under the rug. Black Cauldron got really swept under the rug. Oliver and Company didn't even get released on VHS until almost 10 years after it was released in theaters. I think it was just one of those things where those these movies just had that uh, Little Mermaid hadn't arrived yet to save them. Well, no, but see, here's the thing. Oliver and Company, $121 million. So there are movies in that general time yeah. frame that made so much more. And I think that's the one reason why you don't see great mouse detective get mentioned. I also think the eighties, this is where we were really starting to get a lot of big comedies and sci-fi movies. And I think people were more into that than the animation at the time. Fox and the Hound was 63 million. So the two movies around it grossed a lot more than Great Mouse Detective, which I think is why it it's not ever you don't see anything in the parks, you don't see if there's a list, it rarely includes that. So Although I, I, will, I do appreciate uh, that Radigan does get recognition on a lot of villain lists. Yes. I'll even go as far as to say like if if you like Sherlock Holmes adaptations, this is up there. This is a really good I would adaptation agree with that. of Sherlock Holmes. I would absolutely agree with that. I think it's I think it's so good. And I I it's a shame I'd never seen it before this. But like I love um I love him putting all the pieces of the puzzle together. Like he just listens to what the doctor says and he's like, Oh wait <laughs> and he and he figures it out. They even um, have a drunk character in this movie. It's a Disney movie. Yeah, and, and he gets, gets and drunk. He gets, and killed. Yeah. Also, that Toy Store chase scene with the porcelain dolls' faces and their blinking—it's scary. <laughs> yeah, and for, oh god, Vincent Price, just absolutely like—I mean, that's all you need to say. Two words, Vincent Price. Yeah, and yeah. I know you know what I you know what I attribute Radigan doing the the drunk mouse to the cat. It's like uh, Java the Hut feeding people to the Rancor. That's exactly what that is. <laughs> That's exactly what that is. Um, yeah, it's a real shame this doesn't get more recognition because it's got good pacing, character development. The animation's good. It's got a great villain. It's got good soundtrack. It's just like like you, like you said, Jeff. It it didn't do well, and unfortunately, it's kind of it's a business. Out. It's a business, so if something doesn't do well, it's not going to get the love it deserves. Oh, God, you sound like Triple H. It's best for business. Uh, yeah. Another and yet another. <laughs> <laughs> it beat me to it. Yeah, they're happening. All right, uh, we're going to talk about some more movies now. All right, we're going to do uh, number 25. And this is technically an anthology film. Because it's the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. He doesn't just have one adventure. He has lots of them. 
And what's funny is a lot of these stories were actually taken, animated, and released at different time intervals, and they just put them all together. And we're like, here's a movie with Winnie the Pooh. We'll add a narrator, we'll add the storybook, and we'll connect everything. And it's it's really cute. I love the Winnie the Pooh characters. And this is a great, and, great movie. And, and another character who doesn't wear pants. Uh, wears yeah. a shirt. Wears a shirt, well, just thank, no pants. Thank God Christopher Robin has pants on. <laughs> Well, yeah, and he's yeah. Don't he wore, bother. Uh, freaking Rue wears a shirt too, but uh, but I I what I love about this movie is it introduces my favorite Disney character of all time, and there's only <laughs> one. There's only one. It's the most wonderful thing about Tiggers. I think. Uh, I also, if you you gotta love the idea behind the story. It's Christopher Robin's childhood imagination. That's why the stuffed animals come to life. And y- you can't you can't not love that. Nope. I mean, it's uh and again, it's it is an anthology, but it's got a lot of fun stuff. It blends them together. It uh you know, they they all interact well together. What's and it's all the classic stuff. There's the blustery day, Tigger's in the tree, and Eeyore lost his freaking tail, like he always yeah. does. And yeah. and Pooh gorges himself so much that he physically can't get out of Rabbit's house because he's a bear of very little brain and doesn't just use the back door, which is an actual door. He has to go through the hole. Yep. So. Yep. And I I think if you're going to watch, like if you're going to introduce someone to a Winnie the Pooh movie, um, I think this is a great one to start with. This is this is to me this is the introduction to Winnie the Pooh. I think everybody should watch this first. And right. I've always loved the Hundred Acre Wood cast. I I mean Pooh Bear, you can't you can't hate on Pooh Bear. He's adorable. Uh, Piglet can get a little annoying at times, but he's a very Ugh. small animal. And if you don't know that he's a very small animal, just ask him because he'll tell you twelve times. <laughs> Rabbit's kind of a blowhard, but at the same time, he does put up with a lot of crap because people take advantage of him. Uh, Rue is adorable, and I've always thought Rue was an underrated Disney character overall. I don't think, uh, Rue gets as much recognition as he deserves. As being, like, the cute small character, it's like, oh, well, here's Piglet. No, I want to see Rue. Plus, Rue and Tigger become friends because they're bouncers. And how can you not love Eeyore? He's clinically depressed, but he still is there for his friends. Hi, guys. Oh, it's some bad weather today. <laughs> Peter Cullen and Brad Garrett bring Eeyore to life. Uh, Peter Cullen, also the voice of Optimus Prime. Oh, that's a fun fact. Yep, and Eeyore. <laughs> and then Brad Garrett took over Eeyore. Yeah, you don't get much different than Eeyore and Optimus Prime. Yeah. It's really polar opposite here. Hey, guys, we're going to fight the Decepticons. Winnie the Pooh, roll out! Also, this is another... <laughs> oh, God, yeah. He, he, he does at times. This is another one of those characters that I actually appreciate because it's like... It reminds me of Doc. Owl is really wise, and yet everything he does are pretty unwise decisions. Like, yes. he definitely thinks he's smarter than he really is. But when you surround yourself with stupid 
characters, you're going to be the genius, which is I love that you much. almost stopped yourself when you said stupid, because it's like, oh, but I mean, they are, but that's what they're supposed to be. They're Christopher yeah. Robin's imagination. And yep. thankfully, Christopher Robin's British in this, because he can't, he can't figure out. He goes through identity crises, too. So he's and British, he, then he's American, then he's a Padawan. Like, make up your I mind. I was going to say, and then he has the high ground. <laughs> it's over, Christopher Robin. I have the high ground. You don't need... This is a good one here, because... <laughs> I, I'm just sitting over here so entertained by you two right now. <laughs> You're welcome. But you know what I love about many adventures of Winnie the Pooh? There's no big villain. There's no evil plot point. It's just friendly people interacting with each other. That, and I yes, think it shows that you don't need it. And if you thought that Pink Elephant song was a friggin' acid trip, watch the Heffalump and Woozle song. Oh, no, thank no. you. No. No, no. <laughs> Although, I feel like at this point, Disney was just like, hey, have we hit our weird drugged-up status quo yet? No? Throw in Heffalumps and Woozles. Yeah. And are they real? Are they not? Like, yes, obviously they become real in later Winnie the Pooh stories, but that's also an ambiguous thing here. Heffalumps and woozles. Thingamabobs. But yeah, it's a... This is probably the friendliest movie on the entire list. It's Pooh Probably. Um, yeah, I mean, the the only conflict is with Winnie the Pooh saying, should I stop eating or no? Should I stop eating or no? My daily question. I mean, it's Winnie the Pooh, and uh, you know he's my—he's practically a spirit animal of mine because I always get a little rumbly in my tumbly too. Yeah. I actually do like honey, and I to co- help combat allergies, we get the local honey, and I'll like—I'll take a spoonful of it. I don't know how the hell Pooh does it because a spoonful of honey is actually hard to swallow. Yes. You know, maybe maybe a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, but goddamn, if the honey ain't. Honey ain't tough, but. But the question is, have you ever gotten stuck in a doorway? Not yet. But I'm only 35, so. (laughs) Now you have time. I have time, exactly. All right. Guys, we're going to head to number 24. It is time to travel to the jungle and read the literal book of the jungle. Another not that jungle. No. We are we're gonna pick up the bare necessities. The simple bare necessities. One of my favorite songs. Uh I love the jungle book. This is another movie I saw as a kid, stuck with me, still love it as an adult. And uh it's literally the story of the boy raised by wolves. <laughs> it's he's the man cub. And it's, uh, it's, it's basically, it's Tarzan, but it's a boy, and he's, people are trying to act- actively, not, no humans are trying to actively murder him, just Shere Khan's trying to murder him. Oh, that's okay, then. Is it, though? <laughs> yeah. Plus, I mean, Baloo and King Louie become even more famous when Tailspin comes out. Yep. Oh, by the way, I love the Tailspin theme song. Everybody, oh, uh, yeah. trust me, uh, DuckTales and Rescue Rangers are classics, but we can't forget that Tailspin has a super catchy theme song, too. does. It sure does. So, and, uh, so, yes, yeah, so, uh, Jungle Book's another one where the story itself 
would be super bare bones if they didn't have interesting characters. Does that make sense to you guys? Oh, of course. So, like, like I like Mowgli. Like, yeah, he's 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 a little annoying at times, but he's also a kid. He doesn't know any better. So you can forgive that as a character trait. Baloo is like... Uh, what's the nice one? Baloo would be like if you had Cheech and Chong as your buddy. Like, he's so laid back. It's like... Like having Rob Van Dam in the jungle is just like, dude, let's just be lazy. <laughs> makes me think that Baloo... <laughs> I knew the wrestling reference. It makes me think that Baloo indulges. Maybe he rolls some of those jungle leaves. I'm not sure. And, I would not be surprised. And uh, I love I love King Louie. He's just like, listen, man, cub. You don't, don't, uh, don't keep those secrets from me. I want the secret of fire. It's just like, uh, Smokey the Bear might have an issue with that, but, but yeah, that's another classic song too. Want to be like you. And, and then of course he's Christopher Walken in the live action one. Yep. Uh, that was, that was a rough casting choice. Really? I liked it. I, I love Christopher Walken, but him, him doing his. I want to be a man, man. Like his like sweet little jazz voice for it. I felt like slowed down the. Uh, see, I liked that. I, I not more than this song, this version of it, but I did like that. Um, I actually, I I actually defend that live action remake. I think it was a fun remake. It was. I I, I do think so. Um, you're gonna go for an early Disney movie with uh insanely catchy and timeless score this is a good one to go with i mean even the even cause song is good trust in me and the songs also sound different which is what i like about it so and it considering the uh the the setting that's just the jungle i i think that works really well and you don't really see a lot of movies set in india unless you're actually doing bollywood stuff right so yeah I mean, I don't want to mention Slumdog Millionaire 500 times like Big Bang Theory does. And I love that show, but is that the only reference that they can make to Raj? (laughs) It's Slumdog Millionaire? How about Jungle Book? That took place in India. (laughs) I mean, they aren't referencing that. So I want to talk about Shere Khan as a villain. He's a great villain because he doesn't do anything. He's getting by on his intimidation factor alone because he's a freaking tiger. Yep. And when when Mowgli stands up to him, you can tell that's just driving him up the wall. How dare this little freaking man cub have the balls to stand here? Because he's not used to people actually standing up to him. He's uh, used so to great. coasting by on his history as a bad guy that everyone's afraid of him. All of a sudden, this guy's like, who are you? Why am I scared of you? Exactly. Although... Now, people talk about Ka being an interesting villain, and I have nothing against Ka, but I almost wonder if, what his villain status is. Because it's like... Shere Khan's basically going to murder him, and he actually doesn't give up Mowgli, so... I kind of give him credit there. He's kind of redeemable? <laughs> I don't know, help me out on that one. <laughs> like... I don't. I almost don't know what to say about it, but, but yeah. Um, the only thing I really actually have a problem with is that 
Mowgli is this big product of the jungle. And all it takes is the pretty girl to be like, oh, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> he's but done. is he wrong? Well, he's following his jungle instincts. So, <laughs> no, I, I suppose not. And uh, I like the military elephants, but I really don't think they added anything to the movie. No, not really. No, that one I think was just Disney needing some more uh, animals. Yes, indeed. Well, you got to have some elephants out there, too. All right, yeah. three more movies to talk about. And uh, we are, we're, get, we're in that upper echelon now. Like, I love these movies. And you guys are going to be surprised at what number 23 is because it's a princess movie that probably ranked higher than you thought it would. And that's the story of Cinderella. Cinderella. <laughs> Night and day at Cinderella. I would help attribute my love for this movie to my wife being a big fan of Cinderella and getting me more into it than I probably was. But it's another one that stuck with me because some of my favorite Disney characters were the mice. Oh, Gus I love Gus. The mice. I love Gus Gus. Jack and Gus Gus. I love them. Absolutely love them. And this is a good story of a simple story with a villain who does nothing except <laughs> control one person. And she's so good at it that she's in the top tier of Disney villains. Yep. Like, Lady Tremaine is a see you next Tuesday. And yeah. my God, is she good at it. Yeah. And when she's just laying in bed, petting Lucifer, and her just her eyes are just glowing, those green eyes, it's just like, oh, God, I hate this woman. And, of course, her daughters are just, they be bitches, man. <laughs> Drizella and Anastasia, they be bitches. But they are some of the most fun characters to meet in the park. Yeah, they are. They are because they because they're trash. They get away with trash talking. Oh, they do. And it's just it's not something Cinderella can get away with. And I'm going to actually say something that probably a lot of people will not agree with me. The Cinderella live action remake from one of my favorite directors, Kenneth Branagh, is actually one of my favorite uh, live-action remakes from oh, the, Disney. the 2015 one, right? Yeah. I loved it. I thought it was I, really good. I liked the way it expanded on the story, and... Yep. I liked that it expanded it, didn't... I. It did it in a good way that Beauty and the Beast, I didn't really like their choices. I just like what Cinderella did. Plus, um, you got what's-his-name from Game of Thrones, and... Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Richard Madden, Rob Stark. I... I thought he was perfect casting, and then um, Helena Bottom Carter, anything she's in is perfect. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's really freaking good. I liked it. Um, now, I don't know if I would say I liked it more than the animated movie, but again, we're getting into a very, very, uh, a very close-knit, um, very close-knit uh, ranking for that, if we were going to do that. Like, it's... I would love to... Just like see the reactions if you were to say you liked it more than the animated movie uh, i can't say that i did but it's it's close to it like it's a it's a good it's a good live action remake yeah. um this is another movie with a fantastic soundtrack that's timeless dream is a wish your heart makes bibbidi bobbidi boo so this is yeah. love like 
they're all standouts in the Disney Music Library. And if I have to say anything negative here, I think that the king is kind of too hot-headed. Like, he's going to behead the Grand Duke just because of stuff that's not even in the Duke's control. Like, you're not the Queen of Hearts, dude. <laughs> take it take it down a notch. Um, Prince Charming has, like, no lines at all. Yep. Nope. Uh, and he's super apathetic about pretty ladies lining up to meet him. Is he gay? Like, I can't figure that out. But what if his, what if he turned out to be gay? The king's plan would have been ruined. Um, I, I love, I always enjoyed Lucifer as a, as a villain, a villainous cat. But I, main reason I always felt bad for Gus Gus is that not only does he almost die several times, but he almost dies because he's fat. And I feel so bad about him for that. Like, bad fat shaming. He's going back for the cheese, or he can't, he can't move fast enough like Gus Gus. I think Gus Gus is in my top five of Disney characters. That's awesome. Like my favorite. Also, I was, I was. I can't say today years old because it was recent, but it was it was more recent than I realized. Where I finally realized Jack is not spelt with a C K. He's actually J A Q. Yeah, I think I saw like a piece of merch in the in one of my recent trips to Disney. I saw a piece of merch and said J A Q. I'm like, really? I always spelled it Jack, like J A C K. But doesn't it does it take place in France or no? Uh, Cinderella might be French. I don't know. We're gonna let's. I'm, look... look, I'm yeah, looking so... right now. Yeah, it's France. Let's look that up. You got oh, it. There you go. We got so it. It's his France. Name is, his name is Jacques. Ha ha! Jacques Rougeau. I know. I'm gonna. I'm. Everyone's gonna hate my wrestling references by the end of this. But <laughs> yeah, maybe he becomes the Mountie. Who the hell knows? Oh, <laughs> Still one of my favorite theme songs. I know, I love it. But yeah, it's just, this is another one where the animation is just top-notch. Top-notch animation. The castle scenes and the the bibbidi-bobbidi-boo, the transformation. I mean, that's so classic. And you gotta love the fact... Uh, although I always, I always hated the quote-unquote plot hole about how the glass slippers never turned back. And... I still always found this kind of funny. Okay, so, like, they're in the house, right? And they're trying on the slipper, and then he intentionally gets tripped. The slipper shatters, and he's... And Cinderella just pulls the other one out, and she's like, well, maybe this one will work. And he's still like, oh, yeah, you should totally try that on. You're totally not the princess for having the other shoe. You still have to try it on. And are you serious that not one other girl in the whole kingdom has the same shoe size as Cinderella? We don't ask that question. Yeah, I know. That's not a shot at the movie, though. That's the entire fairy tale, really, if you think about it. But, but she also, we also won't talk about what happens in the fairy tale, with the with the severing of feet and other things. Cinderella is a classic. I like it, and of the classic princess movies, it's definitely my favorite. And yes, I do credit my wife for helping me get into that. All right. Mark, I need a favor from you for our next movie. Uh, for number 22. Are you ready for this? Uh, Do me a favor. Uh, Mark, bring me Peter Pan! <laughs> bring me Peter Pan! 
All right. Who other than Hook is this not uh, one of the best tellings of the Peter Pan mythology? The 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 fairy tale. The animated movie. Take out the racism. <laughs> which is what affected this movie from getting any higher, because I do love this movie, I really do, but I can't get over what makes the red man red. I'm sorry, that's like... <laughs> I mean, that's disturbing even for the time period. Yeah. God. <laughs> and why are, there, why are there Native Americans in Neverland anyway? Like, he, we, did we fly across the Atlantic? I never really understood that. Get rid of the racism, take it all out, and the movie is really freaking good. And Peter Pan is awesome, even though he's a little, he's a little out there. <laughs> but uh, I always liked the Lost Boys. I think that they were fun characters. I, I love that they're all dressed like woodland creatures, and they're basically living in a tree. Uh, I'm going back to, like, the Native Americans... I've read the book even, and I, I, I don't even think in the um, original play slash book like they made it as kind of offensive as Disney went with it with their portrayal. Well, so that was like I have theories a there, Disney but decision. yeah, that was definitely a theories there. But um, I always liked Tinkerbell. I mean, she's what she's one of the iconic Disney characters now. You ready for me to say something, Chris? You don't like her. I think she is an annoying, stuck-up girl. And maybe this is just high school, middle school Mark coming out who got, like, picked on by, like, girls like Tinkerbell. And I'm still a little bitter. But I, whenever, it's kind of like when I see girls go, I love Harley Quinn from Suicide Squad. I'm like, ugh. I like viral. I love Harley Quinn from Suicide Squad too, but if you're gonna compare her to where I think you're going with that, uh-uh. <laughs> Actually, and I will say this: I think Kaylee Cuoco might be one of my new favorite Harley Quinns because I am loving that show, loving, no, loving, no, no, loving no. it. But uh, I know what you're. I, sa- like... I know what you're saying. It's it's like it's like it's the hot topic mentality. I, oh god, we could go on a long rant about Harley Quinn, but anyways, um, we'll save that. I, I know, I. Whenever Tink gets put in her place here and there in the movie, and then let's not forget what she did to Wendy in the movie, I... Plus, if she doesn't get attention, she literally dies. (laughs) God, talk about just a... So so what was your take on the fact that when they did the Tinkerbell spinoff, they made her, like, this super sweet, innocent, like... Like, they basically made her into one of the princesses. I actually, I forgot which one it was for the spinoffs, but I remember going, oh my god, do we need to give that person more attention? And I'm one of those people who won't poop on something without having read it or seen it. Like, There you go. I read Twilight just because everybody was like one of the, they're like, oh, it's just an awful romance vampire novel. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to read Twilight so that I can actually make a good opinion about it. Yeah, and right. I watched, I watched the Tinkerbell movies. Luckily, my nieces were also very excited to watch them. So I watched them with them. And I, I dug where they took the character. I love how they updated her. I, I'm actually good with the modern day Tinkerbell. Okay. I was curious what your opinion there was. Cause I, I, 
in a way, kind of prefer Tinkerbell being a bit of a snob because it makes her a little more of a badass. But after the way you just described her, I think her being any kind of a badass and fun character could actually be enhanced by your description. So thank you for putting that in my head. Well, I never really thought of it that way. I take her as more of like a um, like a Wonder Woman, Xena, like adventurous warrior type woman instead of a show me attention girl is where they took her. I even liked her in the um, the sequel to this movie, Peter Pan Two, whatever it was called. Yeah, Return uh, to Neverland. Yeah, I. So actually, you're helping me process my feelings. If people <laughs> are talking about original Tinkerbell, you're going to get an eye roll and a. Uh, but if you're talking about like developed modern Tinkerbell, I'll be like, yeah, I dig her. And I think you can kind of chalk that up even with the modern merchandise. I mean, even after this movie, when Tinkerbell would come up in places, she wasn't ever basically written this way again. So I think they realized what kind of an icon they had and they they sort of gave her the Mickey treatment. You know how Mickey was always kind of a uh, kind of a dick in the early <laughs> and now that's right, everybody. Chris O'Mealy just referred to Mickey as a dick. Yes, he, he was. Please send your emails to him. Shortly. He was before he became the goody, the goody goody character. He was kind of a dick, and that's actually one thing they tried to go back to with modern Mickey when the Epic Mickey series came out. But yeah. but yeah, let's talk a little bit about Peter Pan. Uh, oh, sorry. Yep. Uh, yeah, we're still on that. Um, even though. Peter himself is kind of an arrogant little twit. He can be fun to watch. I I like the characters. I like Wendy, Michael, and John. There's nothing inoffensive about them. And, uh... God, Captain Hook. One of my favorite villains. He, one of the top comedic villains. Like, like... Maybe not like Radigan or Hades comedic, but he's, he's up there. You know, he's he's terrified of this crocodile that's coming to literally finish him off. And he's always screaming for Smee. You know, this isn't like the Gaston LeFou relationship. Captain Hook is actually very codependent on Mr. Smee. <laughs> yes, he is. Smee! Yep. Plus, he's, a, he's comedic and he's a coward, which makes him, you know, this isn't Maleficent or Lady Tremaine. This is Captain Hook. So I like that element about him. It actually kind of makes him a bit more of a three-dimensional villain. Because he's not just in there for evil me. He's just got this grudge against Peter Pan, and he's going to fight him. And I will always have a special place in my heart for Captain Hook because I got to ride the ride at Magic Kingdom with Captain Hook. There you go. And that that's had to just be awesome. Those, yeah, that was just one of those Disney memories that you just you put in a jar Oh, and did you know that right now, as we're recording this episode, Peter Pan's flight is at a 45-minute wait? Um, (laughs) It is. uh, um... (laughs) Still at a 45-minute wait. Uh, You know what? If you actually break down the message of the movie, it's a good one. Aging is inevitable, but growing up is optional. Yeah. And I'm the epitome of that, because I'm 35 and still still doing this. That was so well said. Like, that was so deep for you. That was good. I know. Not often like that. Uh, The only thing thing I would say is I have no interest in living on an island dressed like a furry with a flying dude in tights. But other (laughs) than that, 
other I'll pass on that. But yeah, I do like the Peter Pan story. Also Imagine what quarantine on that island is. Oh god. Hey. Hey. Oh boy. <laughs> also, one thing I never noticed until I rewatched this movie and I wrote this down in my notes because I I never noticed that uh the dar- the darling's father is a bit of a blowhard. <laughs> you notice that? Yeah. So well, guys, there's only one movie left to talk about, number 21, oh. and then we will wrap up this episode, and then we're in top 20 territory after this. Blackjack! So, so what's it going to be? What haven't I talked about yet that could possibly be on this list? I well, know what it's not. You don't know that. Yeah, no, I guarantee Chris has that movie, I feel like, in his top 15. Earned a <laughs> It's not Lilo and Stitch. Was that Jar Jar? Exactly. <laughs> so I'm going to say this now. People, some people are going to be really shocked that I put this movie as high as I did, considering what I said about it in the past. Other oh. people are going to be angry at me for having the audacity to rank this movie as high as I did. Ooh. It came out in 2013 and took the world by freaking storm. Ooh, I know what it is. An ice storm, if you will. You need to let it go, man. I do. It's Frozen. Yay! So, I think a lot of people are going to be shocked that Frozen's even in the upper tier for me, because I have openly stated that it's one of the most overrated movies I have ever seen. The only reason I think it's overrated is because it got way more hype than I think was healthy. Yes. It was too much out there. And while I do think it's a good movie, I don't think it was better than some of the movies that I haven't talked about yet, like Princess and the Frog, or Tangled, or Moana. And yet, here's Frozen getting more recognition than all of them. Or two other movies I haven't talked about yet, Big Hero 6 and Zootopia. Yeah. But yet, everybody talks about Frozen. I, I think Frozen is a very well done movie. I think it's a great soundtrack, but having worked in the parks and seen the five hour wait for Anna and Elsa, just seeing what the oversaturation is, what I think imploded it. They imploded it. And I, it is a shame. I think if people space themselves out from it, if you could find a way to space yourself from it, you will go back and watch it and remember what it was like the first time you saw it and you went, that's actually just a really solid movie. Well, I will be the first one to admit that because I saw it after all the hype about it, it didn't meet my expectations and it underwhelmed me. I had to oh. watch it a couple more times to even put it this high. I appreciate it for what it is. I like the chances they took on it and I like the differences in the the story that they did i like and i like all the characters i think uh i like anna and elsa although elsa can the whole point of the movie is for elsa to grow by the end and she does and of course people are like she's the real villain of the movie it's it's like well it's it's like it's like when i've said that i thought dumbledore was the real villain of the harry potter series just because of how he kind of does some things it's a creative take. doesn't mean she's actually a villain. 
She's just, she's Elsa. She's, and you know what? Can you actually fault her for some of the stuff she does? Because she's been forced to bottle up her powers and keep them hidden for so long. Hell yeah, she goes nuts when she finally lets it go. You would too. (laughs) She's just like, screw this. I'm giving myself an ice palace and a goddamn makeover. F all of you. Screw you guys. I'm getting a makeover. I love Anna. 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 She's yeah. a, f- a feisty redhead who literally punches people in the face. Love that. I love Kristoff and Sven. Plus, I also like the fact that Kristoff breaks a lot of the traditional male tropes of the Disney role because he's not acting like a love interest. He's acting like just a good guy. Like, look how quickly he's ready to step in and help Anna just because he knows it's the right thing to do. And I don't think people give him enough credit. Do I even need to talk about Olaf? It's freaking Josh Gad. Yeah. He's adorable. Now, granted, the weakest part of Frozen, I think, are the rock trolls. And you take out the rock trolls and you take out the ice-breaking song, and you actually do have a lot of flawlessness. Because the soundtrack is brilliant. The visuals are stunning. Mm -hmm. And considering that we got no snow in Lancaster this year... Literally, we we went the whole winter without snow. You know when we got snow? It was autumn. <laughs> it snowed in November. We had no snow at all this winter. So watching Frozen actually makes me happy right now because I get to see something that I didn't get. And um, I know that we are starting to get to the point where twist villains are cliche, but I thought Hans was one of the best twist villains because you don't see it coming. And he breaks the tropes. He's the the prince, and now he's the bad guy. And I like that. Oh, man. When he, like, turns, <laughs> like, switches that switch from hero to villain, you it's just It's a go, huge switch. Like, he, you just, you see it. And the voice actor, bravo to him, but, man, oh. What well, a th- that scene is so dark, too, because he basically tells Anna no one's going to love you, and he leaves her to die. That's about as just he leaves her to die so he can go kill Elsa. That's really bad. Now, a lot of the reasons I know people have chosen Frozen over Tangled when I've talked to those people who choose it. I noticed one thing they all have in common is they have sisters they're very close to. So I get that. It's like the people who, when they really start to defend Brave, were really close with their mothers kind of thing. So I can understand that aspect. If you're a female who's really close to your sister. I understand the sister relationship and I totally get why you're relating to Anna and Elsa. I take nothing away from that. And yes, let it go did become a little bit too much of a cultural phenomenon to the point where it was overplayed, but it's a great song. Love Love is an open door. is a great song. Even Olaf gets a fun little song in there (laughs) in summer. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to build a snowman? Oh, First time yeah. in forever. It's a great soundtrack. Just get rid of the yep. ice and the trolls, and it's a great soundtrack. Yep. <clears throat> but if, if I have to say anything truly negative about Frozen, it all stems out to what you just talked about. Oversaturation and overhype hurt this movie from its own true potential. But did you notice I haven't mentioned the sequel yet? And I know for a fact... People are going to hate me for putting the sequel above this. But when we get to it, I will tell you why I did. But I really, really 
do appreciate this movie. I just think it is getting more attention than it actually deserves. At the same time, kudos to Disney for making something that marketable in an era where even though they've done some marketable stuff, they hadn't had a movie blow up like this pretty much since... What was the last movie that really blew up like that? Like The Lion King? Honestly. Oh, God. Talk about... Never mind. Blowing up, yeah. (laughs) Well, we'll get to that when we get to Lion King, which I also haven't mentioned. So now that I've mentioned Frozen... What 20 movies haven't we talked about yet? Are you guys shocked that some of that stuff's in the top 20? Yeah. Maybe you are. Maybe you're you're not. But you will will definitely hear more about that the next time we do this. Do you guys have anything final to say about Frozen before we wrap this up? I'm glad that I saw Frozen when I was no longer in the parks. That's all I'm going to say. I was already out. By the time that was released. Yep, so was I. So I think that probably helped. I will say I saw it very early on, and I just remember going, damn, that's like one of those Disney movies that just hits you everywhere, and it was really good. And then, unfortunately, being in the park, and I was at the park that one of the parks that had it all around, and it it just burned me out on it. And then, but as an uncle, I had my nieces who loved it and they wanted the dresses and they sang the song. So that like melted my heart. Um, but, and, but I tell you what, when you go to the frozen sing along at Disney's Hollywood studios and you see those grown ups and kids like closing their eyes and getting into let it go. It, mm-hmm. It's Disney magic. It's Disney magic. There we go. I Very well said. I think, uh, yeah. And I know some people are going to be surprised because I have spoken negatively about Frozen that it actually made it this high on the list. But, you know, subsequent watches and just objective opinions in a lot of ways. Um, and yes, I like the sequel more and we're going to talk about that. And maybe you're going to hate me for that, but that's fine. Hate me. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's 20 movies remaining. And the next time I come to you, we're going to count down that first half, 20 to 11. And that's going to be something else, guys. I think uh, I think people are going to be surprised at what made it that high. And we're getting there. We're, we're, we're getting there. We got two more weeks of this, and we're going to wrap this one up. And maybe have I talked about either of your favorite Disney movies yet? Your number ones. You have not. You have not. Okay, so they made and, it to the top 20, so I don't want to hear any bitching when they show up. <laughs> and believe it or not, Lilo and Stitch is not my favorite. <gasps> You're just appreciative of it, yes. But... Stitch is my favorite character. That's that's where the where it is. Well, Tigger's my favorite character, but the Pooh movie wasn't number one. I think people will actually be surprised when we get to my top 10. I think people will be surprised at what made it in there and what didn't, but... But yes, I'm excited to be a part of it. Good. Well, guys, gentlemen, as always, thank you so much for joining me. It has once again been a pleasure. But like Tinkerbell, we're going to have to sign this off. We're going to have to wave the magic wand and end it. Just like she I'm does gonna... to just like she does to Porky Pig when he tries to take the spotlight <laughs> at the end of Roger Rabbit. 
And they're like, nope, Disney gets the last line. Tinkerbell, get in there and take him out. That seems about right. Pretty much, yeah. But yes, I am 120% ready to give you my top 20, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But guys, thank you again. I appreciate it. I've already done my plug, so no need to. The gentlemen, I guess we'll come back next week and do the top 20. Sounds like a plan. We'll see you guys then. Later. Ho-ho, come back and see us real soon. Ho-ho. Oh, boy.